Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie, Leah, and Amy talking about our one cool naturalist gal. Amy has already talked about Janaki Amal, Bonnie has talked about Jean Stratton Porter, and Leah has talked about Maria Zibia Martin. Yeah. Close enough. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But before we dive back in, (laughs) Leah is going to tell us what's going on on the Gal's Guide calendar for this week. Yes, I'm going to try. There's been lots of pina coladas. So, week four. (laughs) For the week of April 25th through the 30th, we have book club meeting on Zoom. What? What? Led by our lovely Katie Harris, join us to talk about The Awakened Woman by Dr. Terrani Trent, right? Absolutely. You're like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. That's what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) So it's on Thursday, April 28th at 8 p.m. Don't forget to register beforehand so you can get that Zoom link and you can register at gasguide.org. We are also going to have a workshop inspired by Tara Ra's book. We are going to root our dreams and then we are going to plant them in the soil. So come for an inspirational Mm -hmm. workshop to connect with the awakened woman in you. This workshop is $10. It includes all the planting materials. Registration is required so we know how much plants to get and so how we know how much soil and how many little pots to get and all that kind of good stuff. So register. Um, the event is on Saturday, April 30th at noon. Register at galsguide.org. Is it possible we'll have like a couple of walk-ins reserved? Yes, absolutely. Okay, I'll so always have extra. You'll be updating Facebook yes. with that kind of so stuff. So it's one of those things where okay. if you register, then I know how many to get and then I can get a little bit extra like a couple more but you don't want to miss out on this yes very true sign up and if I find like special maybe an upgraded little pot that maybe somebody would want we might have some upgrade options as well so but yes (laughs) it'll be fun um I mean I'm always at a freaking plant store because of my husband so I think I'll find something. Um, okay. So if you can come for Rooting Your Dreams on April 30th, stay for our book signing because that same Saturday from 2 to 4, we are having Kathy Martin O'Neill signing copies of her book, Madre, the nun who was the mother of orphans in Honduras. So Madre is a celebration of a fearless woman's great goodness, charisma, and chutzpah in challenging the corruption and machismo to break out generational cycles of poverty. So book sales not only help gals guide nickel plate arts but also kathy is taking donations for the orphans of honduras as well who she wrote this book to help so uh check out our gals guide calendar events at galsguide.org katie you have a rando question for us don't I you did. <laughs> i decided to torture you guys and come up with my own off like script it. question yes and it's important because we are yeah. starting to enter spring and summer People might want to get outdoors more. Yes. So since we all live in Indiana, right. I would like to know um, if you guys have a favorite Indiana State Park or just what's where's your favorite place in Indiana to experience nature? Amy was very quick with already having an answer. Do you want to go first? I do already have an answer. <laughs> and it's a very small one, but I love... South- small and mighty. Yes. I love Southwest Way Park. Oh. Um, it- I don't think I know that one. It is um, on the south side, and it's, uh, I think it's a city park. Gotcha. 
but it has a huge trail system that are mm. it's multi-use so it's hiking there's a lot of mountain bikers and you mm-hmm. can also have horses on parts of the trail horses. so yes wow. if you go on the weekend sometimes you'll be hiking and there'll be horses yes the uh, there's a mountain bike group and they maintain mm-hmm. all the trail system they work with the parks department yeah and so every once in a while, there'll be a call out to come and help clean up the trails or to yeah. build new ones or to do trail maintenance. And I don't know why. Every time I go there, I find like a weird rock or a weird <laughs> something on the right. ground. It, the river runs right by it. So part of the trail system, you mm-hmm. can walk right by the river and skip oh, cool. stones. Yeah. The bikers are all really nice. Um if you're a walker, you know, they always make sure that, you know, they're coming so that you can mm-hmm. get out of the way. The, it's signposted beautifully. I love to run there. I love to take my son and walk. And yeah. we just wander around and enjoy love. the nature. I know. Well, and <laughs> it's so it's so dumb. But like I've made so much jewelry out of weird stuff I found there. Mm-hmm. Weird awesome. rocks. And last time I was there, I found a bunch of just little pieces of blue and white ceramic pottery hmm. like somebody oh. broke a plate or i don't even know it was right. in part of the it was in part of the trail that they had just built a new mountain bikey thing on so maybe they mm-hmm. dug it up because there's an area too that has a mattress like a metal bed <laughs> spring mm-hmm. like that yeah. you can kind of see i don't know i don't <laughs> that park is crazy for a long time there was like a weird hut made out of sticks in the middle of it that oh, was like yeah. a weird yeah we loved that and uh-huh. then it, it got taken down or burned down and then people rebuild it it's the we it's it's so <laughs> weird but i just it's not only beautiful and in a beautiful area but i think the community that maintains it yeah and just everybody working together and they, there's a facebook group and you know people are always Aww. like i want to bring my horse out there but where i don't want to disturb anybody who's biking <laughs> or whatever right and i don't know it's just it's really nice i highly recommend it it's so close you can yeah. just go and park and walk and that sounds really amazing nice. i don't know it's just really special to me every time i go there i just think of how special it the vibe is it's right. the vibe there you go <laughs> exactly <laughs> dun, 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 dun. do you have one or do you want me to go i could go i oh. guess okay oh. i mean <laughs> i love my own backyard oh there you oh, go gardening True. um i do like the, the hundred acres yes the ima yeah it's just a little nature a little nature and a little, little arty yeah oh uh, it's kind of a mix of both so it's yeah. kind of neat yeah and then she reminded we have Eastway Park. Oh. Or is it Southeastway Park? There is Southeast One of those, Park. but there's a little trails and a little river. Gotcha. Amber likes to go in there and flop oh. around in the water. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Aw. I... I don't go there that often, but I love turkey run, and it's mostly the Mm. horseback riding. It really is. It's a combination of the horseback riding, and then it's the rock cliffs that you can walk in between where, like, basically the the rocks are leaking. (laughs) And it's, like, these little mini waterfalls Mm. of cascadingness and stuff, and... Um, it just you you can walk down in between and you just feel so small against, you know, giant nature surrounding you. So yeah. um, I don't like the drive to Turkey Run. It always seems like it's really, really far. But mm. then I get me on a horse and then I'm super happy. So <laughs> I love horseback riding. It's one of my favorite things. And I do not do it that often. But oh, yeah. but it's fantastic. <laughs> I just imagine I'm an Amazon. <laughs> Wild horseback riding back to my roots or something yes katie what is yours 
Oh gosh, I am. I'm pretty biased. I grew up in Madison, Indiana, and we have Clifty Falls State Park oh, just down the road. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I was able to go there a lot when I was young and check out the mm-hmm. falls, and then the gorgeous view of the riverfront. Yes, um, where you can see Kentucky, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I'm like, yeah. I know you can see another state across yes. the the water. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's a favorite park of mine, and I'm with Bonnie. Like, you know, home. Yeah, And even especially growing up in Madison, I remember uh, we lived by some woods that had a mini waterfall behind it, which uh-huh. we were only allowed to go to with my dad. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I can remember, you know, going around it um, and finding newts and stuff like that. And yeah. our back fence had honeysuckle all over. Aww. I don't know if other states have like as much wild honeysuckle, but do you guys see that around? No. There's oh, a few places up, yes. here. Oh, More okay. growing up, but there's actually um, somewhere I think on Clinton Street that has like a big little area of it growing on a oh. fence it smells so good see so oh nice we'd be making gene stratton porter happy right mm-hmm. now i know the see nature exactly <laughs> but i'm gonna go in a totally may i almost say polar opposite direction yes. and wow, talk wow. about a conservationist yes if that's the right word there you go yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> worked hard to fight for preserving nature in alaska Yay! Yes, I'm going to be introducing um, Celia Hunter to all of you guys. Have you heard the name before? Only because you told me who you were covering in a panic. You were hoping nobody else was covering her. (laughs) (laughs) The story started feeling a little familiar because there have been a lot of strong women fighting for Alaska and yes. the nature. I know we've talked right. about it. We've talked at um, least about two. Yeah, right. exactly. So but it's like, Ooh. yes. Yep. Um, but I think, she, and also how she differs from some of the women we've talked about so far this month is yeah. she started out as more of an adventurer. Ah, okay. And yeah. kind of stumbled into it. Like as she was adventuring and experiencing things, she went to Alaska and fell in love with how gorgeous and beautiful and the nature there. Yeah. And knew that she wanted to fight to preserve that. Nice. Um, so she actually grew up in Washington State. Okay. She was born in <laughs> my notes. <laughs> You're like, it's in here somewhere. It's all good. <laughs> well, I wrote it down like you would like your own birthday. Right. Mm. But that seems weird for dates way back in the past because usually it's like <laughs> January 13th, 1919. Like it's a significant thing. But right. Wrote, like 1 slash 13 slash 1919. <laughs> so it's small. Right. Anyway, she was born in 1919. Yeah. Um, and when she turned 21, she immediately signed up for her first lesson in learning how to fly airplanes. Oh, Ooh, nice. That's what she wanted to do. She wanted to go on adventures and she wanted to fly airplanes. Yeah. Um, so she took to that really quickly and eventually became part of um, WASP. Yes. Which nice. the World yeah. War II. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me what all that stands for, but it's the women who would help um, transport. Aviation okay, service. Pilots. Oh, no, pilot. it could <laughs> be pilots. Control. It could be planes. Okay, okay, I got it. Yeah. Air Force Service pilots. There we go. Yes. Yeah, our women Air Force Service mm-hmm. pilots. Because a lot of what they did is they would drag army planes to another area, or they, they would helping, fly the army yeah, plane to a base. Yes, army yeah. planes for right. the military, moving planes around. Right, right. exactly. Plane Jenga. But you may not know this. Like yeah. they were able to help the troops during World War II doing that. Yeah. Um, but they had limits on where they could fly. Oh, so women were not allowed to fly planes to Alaska. Oh, too far? 
Okay. I guess so. <laughs> Maybe too dangerous because, I mean, think about World yeah. War II planes. They're not all climate controlled and they're not as sophisticated as what we imagine these days. Sure, but if the planes need to get there, the planes need to right, right. get there. But you know, us fragile ladies. Sure. Our uterus that. might flow Chunk around. of metal in the sky, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to throw in there because I was really loving how Amy very much personalized um, her gal she was sharing. Yeah. That um, I did read that uh, her favorite plane was the P-51 Mustang. Oh, yes. Ooh. Oh, no, that's a good plane. I that's have no freaking idea what kind of plane it is. It sounds cool. Is, Named right? after a horse. It is, right? isn't it? No, no, no. It's a Mustang. amazing. Must go really fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> so she and her very close friend, Jenny, decided that if they couldn't fly to Alaska with the military, they could find their own way to fly to Alaska. So yeah. I think her quote is like, we wanted to see what the fellows were talking about. Oh, <laughs> that's a good reason to do anything. Right. <laughs> so they, they found this guy, um, non-military, that needed to transport some airplanes to Alaska. And yeah. they signed up um, to fly them there. Oh, okay. His they, name wasn't uh, Jim and he didn't get lost in the in the limber forest a lot, did he? <laughs> okay. Really just just tying it back. Just lost Jim. <laughs> lost Jim. <laughs> um, I don't remember. You're totally fine. I, I was making a totally joke. The, the, <laughs> I, I know you were, but I couldn't pull myself out of it because I started scrolling <laughs> my like, notes and I was like, I don't, oh, I don't crap, have she's joking. Yes. D.B. Uh, Cooper. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. His name was D.B. Cooper. Yep. There you go. He stole a million dollars from a plane and then disappeared. <laughs> exactly. Also, but I want Loki. you guys Sorry. to guess. <laughs> yes. How long? I'm okay. My notes. Okay. I haven't looked. How yes. long do you think it took Celia and Jenny to fly from Seattle, Washington to okay. Alaska? I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm, um, this was like 1944. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. Ten hours. No. It took them 27 days to reach Alaska. Whoa! What? Is it that far, or is it suck you know, that I much? I knew if I made you guys do this, you'd ask me questions, and I honestly oh, okay, have no idea why it took that long. How long does it take? It's now? a 30-hour flight. Okay. Apparently for them. Okay. Um, but they also were in these planes that were not yeah. suited for the climate. Oh, uh, like go somewhere, wait it out, go somewhere. Right. Um, like Jenny's plane was uh, had unairworthy fabric and no heat. <laughs> Okay. So they nicknamed it Little Igloo. <laughs> Wait, um, un- if, how does a plane have unairworthy? I know, right? right? Exactly. It's a plane. Like, if what was it made out of? Tarps? on it, it <laughs> should I'm guessing, be like, there's probably some fibers of fabric that don't freeze or have a higher, like, a lower threshold, but right. this was probably, like, you know. It's like a canvas like- plane? <laughs> I just want to say that. Right now, if you flew from Seattle to Alaska, it takes two and a half hours. Oh my god! <laughs> Just put it out there. Right, right. Just times were different. Those it's, planes you didn't have seemed to, to suck. wind the plane up in the front. Right. You don't have to do that anymore. This is true. <laughs> um, Celia talks about how on the leg between Watson Lake and Whitehorse, which is a three-hour flight. Um, when they landed, she had to chip Ginny out of the cockpit, <laughs> and she was so cold she couldn't move. Oh no, she was a she was a capsicle. Yeah, she was frozen in like she was a gentsicle, frozen to her seat or whatever. Oh my god, I don't know. But this will help you understand. By the time they reached Fairbanks, um, they were stranded in fifty degree below zero weather. Ooh, that's gonna be a hard pass for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I'm wearing an airworthy family. Right. <laughs> I'm too cold. <laughs> exactly. Airworthy. Um, 
But a lot of people talk about how those kind of experiences with Alaska would scare people off and they wouldn't want to settle there or spend time there. But that was not true for Celia. Um, She absolutely loved Alaska. However, after that adventure, um, she spent some time doing like some commercial air flights, not as the pilot, but as um, a stewardess. Mm -hmm. Flying people to different mm-hmm. towns around Alaska. Yeah. Being on a plane. Um, yeah. And then she and Jenny went on this like European crazy adventure <laughs> where they like bicycled half of like Sweden and like did all this <laughs> nice. stuff. And then they were ready to come home. So they just like um, hitchhiked on a tanker truck, a uh, tanker yeah. boat ship, whatever. Right. Little, like cargo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Atlantic Ocean on a tanker. Oh, look at that. Like you do. Yeah. Do you it's lift your leg? Do you lift yeah. the bare leg and do a little kick for the right. tanker? Like, right. come on, and you're boys! To board. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. just making sure. You stand on the dock with your thumb yep. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. A Hitch little sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so she and Ginny, they were that I've been talking about. They were close their entire lives until their deaths. Yeah. Um. So then they ended up going back to Alaska. They were just drawn back there. Um. And Ginny got married, and the three of them founded Camp Denali. Oh, okay. Have you ever yeah, heard of Camp yeah. Denali? I want to it say it still I have. exists. Yeah. Um, so they're inspired by their time in Europe where there was like this very like um I guess minimalist is kind of the word we use now. Okay. But very naturalistic um mm. camps and nature experiences. They saw gotcha. a few places set up like that. Kind of like and they Bohemian wanted to do that there or... at the foot of Denali. Oh, okay. Yeah, very, yeah. okay. Very that. Because like yeah. they spent a little time in the US and they both decided they said it was just too commercial, too wealthy. It yeah. wasn't the experience they wanted. They weren't interested. Oh, nice. So they went to Denali and built their little, little like cabins. Um, even now, they don't have electricity. I looked up like the website of uh, Camp Denali do to they see make what it's like now. Do they make their own ketchup? I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, it was really funny because one of the things Celia talks about is how she wanted to get away from like tourism that was like yeah. schmancy. Right. Um, and so it's still very rustic, but that is like five star type restaurant. Oh, and like yes. there's like a fanciness. But if you get one of the log cabins, like it literally it's um propane lighting and then you have a very immaculately kept outhouse it said oh okay all right (laughs) you can use very nice so So you can hike back in and have five star yes (laughs) with your own private tourist ones i'm fine with that right exactly best Um, of both worlds but setting that experience up for people um and it was basically the first like ecotourism in alaska but of course that terminology didn't didn't exist exist at that time um but it really set on her path towards um, conservation work. Yeah. Um, she ended up meeting Marty Murray. Okay. Um, I think around late 50s. Okay. And her husband, and they were pushing to form the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Oh. So, which okay. is a huge amount of land. Yeah, yeah. Um, that they wanted set aside to conserve, uh, preserve, yeah. you know, make sure that it wasn't settled and destroyed by progress. Yeah. Um. So, unfortunately, nobody in Alaska really was into the idea. Oh. So, they got support from, like, outside Congress, like, a few other statesmen, that kind of stuff. Um, But Alaskans didn't want anybody telling them what to do with their land. I mean, that's fair. So as a response, until there's oil on it, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's actually really cool because she realized, you know, in her opinion, it wasn't because of not wanting to share those resources or mm-hmm. like a, a real desire to 
for progress and changing all of that. Right. Like she felt like in general, the Alaskan people just thought it was always going to look like this. Right. Um, and just if you don't mess they, with it, it'll right, be fine. We don't have to do anything special because it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, but she was pretty smart and saw that that probably wouldn't be the case. So she helped found the Alaska Conservation Society. Oh, cool. Um, so she would pull in like local Alaskan people that live there mm-hmm. um, to become part of this group that would push the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Oh, nice. Um, and it, it, to be in it, um, well, not to be in it, but to be able to uh, be a voting member of it, you had mm-hmm. to live in Alaska. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That keeps that riffraff out. <laughs> right. um, so they did get the the bill for the Arctic National Wildlife Re- Range. It was not passed in Congress, but it was actually just signed by Eisenhower before he left office okay. in gotcha. 1960. Gotcha. Um, and then Amy was talking about Full Circle, and yeah. I kind of had a moment after reading about Celia, um, because on the eve of her death, yeah. which was... Um, December 1st, 2001. Oh, wow. She was actually pinning a letter to Congress about keeping the oil drilling out of the the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Oh, my gosh. But then I kind of got sad because I'm like, that's not a full circle that should happen, right? Because she already fought for that. She already saved that. It was a done deal. Um, but I also found it kind the of beautiful because, continues. you know, she's like 82. Yeah. She passed mm-hmm. away after writing this um, oh. and she was still fighting for Alaska. Right. So and then a it's few weeks. Bittersweet. Be- right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like processing it all. <laughs> um, and a couple weeks before that, before her death, she was actually on a radio show mm-hmm. and she had a quote that she was directing towards um, kind of the youth of America. Mm-hmm. She said, change is possible, but you have to put your energy into it. You can't expect me, I'm past 80, to be the mover and shaker of this. <laughs> but people like you are, and you're going to have to bite the bullet and really decide what kind of world you want to live in. Yeah. So I, 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 that was sweet. what hooked me into wanting to talk and share her with you guys. Yeah. Is um, kind of that end of life story that she still had so much passion for it mm-hmm. um, and that she wanted to pass on the torch. Right. Because I did find a lot of articles about people that were mentored by her at the Denali camp. Um, and were inspired into conservation work because of her. Yeah. Um, one lady was talking about how she always looked forward to her weekly slideshows. Oh, gotcha. There you <laughs> go. Celia would nice. do like weekly conservation slideshows for everybody. Um, her and PowerPoint gonna... presentation was amazing. <laughs> but I'm going to share two other things because I had never heard of either of these issues um, mm-hmm. that Celia had a huge part in. Apparently, um, there was this project called Rampant Dam. Okay. Where they were going to dam up the Yukon River oh. and create a lake that would be 300 miles long. What? Oh, goodness. Mm. Yes. For what? Um, it was meant to supply cheap hydropower. Oh. Ah, uh, hydropower. For an aluminum smelter. So it was for industry. Oh, it wasn't for... Oh. Mm. Yeah. It was for industry, yeah. Mm. Uh, so Celia and others joined together um, to show how devastating of an impact this would have on the environment. Yeah. And not only the environment, because it also became a human rights issue because it would have displaced uh, 1,200 native people. Oh, yeah. You know, native yeah. Alaskan people who had a settlement, like, right there around They were living it. off the water. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause, so, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they fought that and won, and Yay! it was not established. Um, and this other next big fight she had totally blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Apparently, somebody had the idea. This is called Project Chariot. Oh, it's okay. a proposal to use a nuclear bomb for blasting a harbor out of the northwest Arctic coast. Um, they wanted to make no? themselves a deep harbor, what? and they thought they would try a nuclear bomb to what see how it would go. That? 
2002. Let's see. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Wow. Um, let me count the ways I, this I'm could go wrong. This is in the 60s, but I cannot. Oh, find and a we date wanted right to blow now. up everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. We were it testing after... it with our sunglasses on. Right. right. <laughs> we were hiding from it in refrigerators, Protect Indiana Jones. Your Right. Oh. Oh my God. Yeah. So they, and I love her quote about this incident. She said, um, they thought they could push everybody around, they being like the people proposing this. Yeah. 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 And they suddenly discovered that they were up against an informed citizenry. I can't say that word. Citizenry. Yes. Yes. She says, this is how close the US and Alaska came to having their own Chernobyl catastrophe. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the fallout would have been horrible. Horrible. Well, and if it's underwater too, I mean that contaminates mm-hmm. a I, lot. Yeah, yes. I mean I don't know how far it would spread. Right. But it would. I mean that all the oceans are connected. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. No, well, it would this, be horrible. This is gonna make you feel good then. Yeah. Um. <laughs> before the Atomic Energy Commission left Alaska, it imported several tons of radioactive waste and buried it near the proposed harbor. To see how it disseminated through the ecosystem. Oh, oh good. Let's test it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Where's that Where now? That? Is it still sitting? It's there? in our water. I assume so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing this is in a very northern part of Alaska. Sure, but all the water is connected. <laughs> but it can't be that remote if they were going to build a harbor because they would true. have to have something they were harboring in and now. Moving. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure it was mineral. That whole coastline of you know Washington State, Oregon, and California, you know. Yay! I really, really enjoy the otter, and I do not want to nuke them. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I like the polar bears. I think that would be an interesting one to look into more because I I had never heard such a thing, and then the fact that they they fought against it and it didn't happen, but they they went ahead and decided to like experiment. Oh, it's a science experiment. I'm sure there are. Lots of articles about yeah. that. I wonder what else they wanted to like flatten for convenience. Right, exactly. These Rocky Mountains, like they're really <laughs> like Route sixty six is so hard when you get to this part. You know that Grand that's, Canyon? That's a whole bunch of real estate we could yeah, be uh, just fill it up with nuclear waste. It'll be mm-hmm. fine. Right. It'll glow yeah. in the dark. It's you know, a giant what? trash can. If we nuke down the Rocky Mountains, mm-hmm. certainly some rubble would end up. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Filling right? in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. No like conversation. A whole idea here. Just like yeah. no conversation started well with. Well, if you nuke it, <laughs> <laughs> but no. But you wonder, like, how many other of those things? I mean, if they were going to nuke just to make a harbor in Alaska, right? Where yeah. honestly, even with all the oil, I mean, think of other harbors that aren't deep enough. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or and plus, have they like, learned nothing about what happened yeah, in Japan? Yeah, it's sort of like like the Mississippi <laughs> Delta. It's filling up, and ships can't get it. Like, right? Were they going to nuke that? Right. Like, what's there? Where's the line? <laughs> well, just I wonder how many other projects that nobody ever heard of were just sitting. Mm-hmm. That we're sitting on the docket somewhere, right? It'd be exactly. interesting to that delve a, into because that yeah, is some that research blew to do my on mind when I saw that as one of her. <laughs> Things that she helped yeah. save Alaska from. Nice. She dedicated her life to preserving Alaska and Don't protecting nuke it. it. <laughs> yeah. Why are you calling it chariot? Yeah. I don't know. Sick, twisted. <laughs> they saw Ben Hur that week, and 
<laughs> Sweet chariot. Or like the all the ships coming in to our beautiful new harbor, mm-hmm. charioting in all yes. of these goods and services for Alaska. But what you really mean is you're taking all of their resources and getting them. Yes. Mm. And the fish are glowing. Yes. <laughs> the interesting thing, too, is... Um, this was under Nixon, so I'm not great at my precedence. Right, but right. We're looking for a time frame. Okay. Um, but this article also mentions that this was the first environmental investigation. So this oh, was pre okay. National Environmental Policy Act, pre EPA. All, yeah. Okay. So um, it was one of the first times like uh, professors had uh-huh. deeply studied. I wonder if it was the time mm-hmm. when our glorious silent spring with Rachel Carson was kind of mm-hmm. like you know spreading the word of. Surprised things in the water mm-hmm. the pesticides in water and stuff like that and how quickly um yeah i Ecology thought it was goes away super i i kind of missed this little point so i want to add it because i thought it was kind of a unique yeah. thing about her um is when she was fighting against the the rampant dam mm-hmm. um she went and took classes at the last an alaskan university in um economics uh-huh. So not only could she, you know, like love the environment and have that passion, yes. but she wanted like cold hard facts about how this really wouldn't be good for Alaskan economy uh-huh. um, and wanted to be able to fight on that level, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because money is sometimes cool. where people are like, yeah, no, that's cool, but I'll get money. And if yeah. she can mm-hmm. prove that, you know what I mean? Not even economic wise, then she's got a well uh, filled out argument. So fascinating very cool lady dun 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 i dig it well you opened it oh. do you want to close it for us uh, i would love to yay well that wraps it up for naturalist gals month next month we're getting our lab coat because it's science gal time it's yes. Bonnie's month. It I is. Love, I love the science <laughs> Bonnie's favorite month. <laughs> we hope to see you soon at the Gals Guide Library, and thank you so much for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>